Good morning, Philippines, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land where you're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. And Jono, obviously the last week, um, it's been dominated by Tokyo 2020 and the Olympic Games, but there has been other sport happening um, in the globe. And so we'll start with the NRL. And round 20 was thrown into chaos due to Queensland's snap lockdown. Um, all Saturday games are actually moved to Sunday, while Sunday games have been moved to Monday. So there is still two games to complete round 20. So far, though, the results, Roosters destroyed the Eels 28-0. The Warriors upset the West Tigers 18 points to 16. The Broncos had a good win over the Cowboys 37-18. to The Knights down the Raiders 34-24. to The Storm defeated injury-ravaged Panthers 37 points to 10, while the Rabbitohs Chalked up 50 against St. George, defeating them 50 points to 14. At the moment, with the ladder, the Storm now clear at the top after their dominant win over the injury hit Panthers, while the Roosters have now pulled level with the Eels in four. So the Eels in a little bit of trouble in terms of holding onto that fourth spot. So, Jono, um, some crazy scenes in regards to uh, games having to be moved due to Queensland's snap lockdown. Yeah, a bit of madness, but I guess that's just become the reality nowadays as well, that um, teams need to be prepared for it. So I guess in a sense, the NRL was, was um, you know, not that they expect this kind of thing, but, you know, they, they're handling it as, as best as you could. Um, so it's still good at least to see those games being played out, basically, in my eyes. The two games to finish round 20 will be the Bulldogs playing the Titans and the Seagulls playing the Sharks. The AFL, similar to the NRL, um, was affected by Queensland's lockdown as some of Saturday's games were again moved to the Sunday they did get a full round in, though. So Carlton defeated St Kilda 112-81, to almost ending St Kilda's hopes of a top-eight finish. Western Bulldogs defeated Adelaide 105-56. to Geelong defeated North Melbourne 62-42. to Collingwood belted West Coast 90-45. to Melbourne had a big win over the Gold Coast 128-30. to Hawthorne upset Brisbane 92-80. to Sydney defeated Essendon in a real classic at the MCG 109-102. to Fremantle defeated Richmond 55-51 to to keep their top eight hopes alive, while Port Adelaide defeated GWS 100-73. to Western Bulldogs stay top on percentage over Geelong, while Sydney move up to fifth, and the Brisbane Lions move down to sixth. So again, Jono, similar to the NRL, AFL having to be flexible uh, with where their games were being played, but they again got a full round out, and that battle for the top eight um, is hotly contested as always, especially down that bottom part of the eight. Yeah, the bottom part. And then, as you said as well, that top spot um, being just, it's going to be crucial down here in the, in the home stretch of the season. Um, it's just going to be about a matter of mistakes. Who's, who's not going to make the mistake and slip up in one of these last couple of games. Um, so yeah, battles all around the, the ladder, which are great to see to kind of be finishing a season in that form. Now, a little bit of football news. Aston Villa are reportedly ready to accept a $100 million bid from Manchester City for captain Jack Grealish. So um, it's looking like Jack Grealish will end up at Manchester City. Ben White's transfer from Brighton to Arsenal has now been confirmed with the English centre-back moving for $50 million. Rafael Varane's transfer from Real Madrid to Manchester United as well is also all but confirmed with Varane saying goodbye to his Madrid teammates. And uh, a little bit of football has kicked off already. So the Scottish Premiership kicked off over the, over the weekend. And unfortunately for Ange Postacoglu in his first game in the Scottish League for Celtic, uh, they lost 2-1 to Hearts, while Steven Gerrard's Rangers got off to a perfect start in the defense of their toll as they defeated Livingston 3-0. So not the ideal stuff and Postacoglu, unfortunately, Jono, but uh, Steven Gerrard's Rangers look like they'll, uh, they're ready to defend their title. 
yeah, I mean, not the best start for um, for him, but uh, yeah, Gerard's Rangers are just looking uh, like they're going to be uh, off to another great season. It's just good to see some football coming back in terms of the domestic leagues again. And we've had so much international play that it's good to as well see these domestic leagues starting to ramp up. And again, as always, we never know where all the players will land until um, until we see them out there on the pitch. So it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on as we progress. F1 over the weekend, it was the Hungarian Grand Prix and Francis Esteban Ocken won his first ever Grand Prix um, with Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton finished second and third. A little bit of controversy, a little bit of drama after the race, though. Lewis Hamilton has taken the lead in the Drivers' Championship after Vettel was disqualified after failing to supply a fuel sample after the race. So some drama during the race with a big crash, um, as well as after the race, seeing Lewis Hamilton now take the lead in the Drivers' Championship. A little bit of cricket news and former Australian cricketer George Bailey has been named chairman of selectors for the Australian men's team following the retirement of Trevor Hones. The NBA draft 2021 was completed over the weekend as well with Detroit Pistons drafting pick number one, Cade Cunningham, while the Houston Rockets got pick two, Jalen Green, and the Cleveland Cavaliers got pick three, even Mobley. Australian Josh Giddy got drafted sixth by the Oklahoma City Thunder, so great news for Australian basketball there. Also, some in some NBA news, huge trade news. The Los Angeles Lakers have acquired Russell Westbrook from the Washington Wizards in exchange for Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma Montrezl Harrell, and Kentavacious Caldwell-Pope, um, and the 2021 draft number 22. So, Jono, some huge trade news um, with Russell Westbrook heading to L.A., yeah, that's huge for LA. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how he kind of fits in terms of the team. Um, he's kind of that player that wants to take the whole team on his back, but he's essentially going to have to be third in the line now um, behind LeBron and AD. So it'll be really interesting to see how the dynamic works. But I mean, Russell Westbrook is a walking triple-double, so they're getting a lot of firepower with that. But they did have to give up a lot of shooters there. Um, and a lot of people sometimes come up clutch in, in some games, especially Caldwell Pope has come up clutch um, quite a bit in, in some games, and, and Kuzma as well um, from time to time. So it'll be um, interesting to keep an eye on if this was a, a good trade or a bad trade. I'm kind of uh, split here at the moment, but um, something to keep an eye on definitely as we progress into the new NBA season. Certainly will be something to watch um, when we get to the new season. A little bit of rugby news, and South Africa have leveled their series against the British and Irish Lions after winning their second test, 27 points to nine. This now sets up a decider in their three-test series in South Africa. As we stated before, Tokyo 2020 or 2021 has dominated the sporting landscape over the last week. Uh, before we start talking about some of the amazing and inspiring performances we've seen at the Olympics, we'd also just like to... Uh, put, a, put a special mention out to the people of Japan who are facing uh, a very strong and battling a second wave of COVID. Prime Minister Yoshidi Suva declaring a state of emergency, which will last to August 31 in Osaka, Tokyo, Chiba, Kanagawa, and Saitama. I'd just like to say the Japanese people are very much in our thoughts, um, obviously, as we enjoy these Olympics, but uh, can't be stated overstated too much that the Japanese people are battling COVID and this huge second wave. So hopefully they do come out of that sooner rather than later. Looking at, I guess, what's happened on the, the field and the track and wherever else you're looking at the Olympics, an updated medal tally at the moment. China lead the way on 24 gold, followed by the United States on 20, host nation Japan on 17, Australia in sitting in fourth on 14, while the ROC or Russia are sitting on 12th. So that is an updated medal 
table, but obviously that will probably uh, again change um, after tonight and, and during the week. Some Australian highlights. We'll start there, and I guess swimming. Um, Australia, Australia has won the most gold medals in the swimming team um, with nine, with the women winning eight and the males winning one. So our female swimming team really uh, competing strongly at this Olympics. Um, some standout, I guess, contributors to that has been Emma McEwen. She ended, ended her campaign with seven medals, four gold and three bronze. She has now also got 11 Olympic medals, making her the most successful Australian Olympian. She completed the 50 and 100 meter freestyle doubles. So an amazing campaign by Emma McEwen. Ariana Titmus, as we have talked out before, she completed the double, the 200 and 400 meter double against great rival Katie Ledecky. She ended the meet with four medals, two gold and two bronze. Kaylee McEwen also did the double with a 100 and 200 meter backstroke double. Or Zach Stubbly Cook won the sole men, I guess, individual gold with a 200 meter back or oh, breaststroke. The women's team also took out the 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay as well as the 4 by 100 meter medley relay. So an outstanding campaign by our swimming team. The BMX, the first time it being at the Olympics, and Australian Logan Martin won gold in the BMX freestyle competition. So an amazing moment for Logan Martin. Um, and BMX looks like it's here to stay. The canoe slalom, and I think the whole of Australia was relieved and um, overjoyed when Jessica Fox finally broke through for a maiden gold medal at the Olympics after winning the C1 canoe slalom. So congratulations, Jessica Fox. Um, the football, Matildas, that game against Great Britain, John, one of the great games of the Olympics, one of the best football games I think I've seen in a long time, a 4-3 epic in extra time. Um, obviously, they're playing Sweden in the semifinals by the time this Pod goes to air. We will know who is in the gold medal match. Um, so an, in, an instant epic there by the Matildas. The basketball, the Boomers have gone through undefeated um, in the group stage, and now they will play Argentina. USA will have got a tough one, John. They're going to play Spain. Italy will play France or Slovenia. Luka Doncic, he's been immense for them. They will play Germany, and Luka Doncic has not lost when he has played for the Slovenian national team. Quite a record he's got. The hockey... The Kookaburras are through to the semi-final after a shootout win over the Netherlands. Unfortunately, the Hockey Roos uh, went down 1-0 to India in an upset. Um, so, unfortunately, they will not be making the semi-finals. While in the athletics, wasn't this great to see Peter Boll into the 800-meter final. A Sudanese refugee has come to Australia, and he's going to be running an 800-meter final, which is just amazing for um, Australian athletics. Um, so, great to see. Jono? From an American point of view, there's been some standout performance as well. What stood out for you um, over this week of, of Olympic action? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's been a, a lot of medals to, to go around, gold, silver, bronze, even just placing um, in the finals, spots in the finals. But I think some of the biggest ones for me as well have been some of the ones that the USA have done in terms of the first ever. So Anastasia Zolotik won the first ever American women's Taekwondo medal. So that's the first time an American have actually ever won uh, in Taekwondo. It's also been the women's uh, 3v3 basketball, which is new to the Olympics this year. The USA have taken gold in that, which was remarkable. As well as also the surfing, Chris Moore uh, winning gold in the shortboard surfing as well. So those are kind of some firsts there as well. And then 
just some big standouts too. You know, we'll get into it a little bit later, but just the Team USA for gymnastics. I think even just hats off to them for winning silver after everything that happened with Simone Biles. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more. And then also Sunny Lee for winning gold for the all-around gymnastics. Um, you know, there's right some fierce, that. yeah, some fierce competition. And I think she definitely deserved that as well. Not only for her performance on that individual all-around event, but also her performance in the team competition as well. And then Michaela Skinner as well, to be able to uh, replace Simone Biles in the Volt event and then getting silver. So kind of thinking that your Olympics is over, then having a second chance to be able to go out there and prove yourself and then getting silver in that event by, you know, marginal scores as well, I think was great. Um, and then of course, you know, you look to the pool and I think the US and Australia kind of had dominance in the pool, um, similar to you as well, you know. Some of the big stories, I think, was one of them was 17-year-old Lydia uh, Jacoby winning the 100 breaststroke and becoming the first swimmer from Alaska to even qualify for the Olympics. And even just what she did as well, I know she didn't necessarily, Team USA didn't necessarily place in that mixed 100-meter um, relay race, but you know she did her whole stroke with her goggles down to pretty much the bottom of her face. And to be able to still produce results like by that as well and getting so much chlorine in your eyes and everything, I think is remarkable on its own. Um, Katie Ledecky as well, you know, had a little bit of stumbles in some of the shorter races, but still dominates over the 800 and meter races. Yeah. Just, just dominant, dominant performance. And then overall, I think for me, the top swimmer from America was Dressel. Um, what he was able to do in the pool, um, almost, almost those Michael Phelps numbers, you know, for all his, he won gold in all his individual events. The only one that slipped away was that mixed, um, team medley, which, if you watch that, he was so far behind and, and almost came back. If, if there was just another 10 meters or so, they possibly yeah. could have done it. Um, he pretty much every single time he got into the pool, he pretty much broke a world record, it seemed like, in particular with his um, butterfly, you know, his breaking records, Olympic records as well with his 50 meter free. Um, so I think it was just incredible to see him each time that he got into the pool. You just thought, what is going to happen? And like I said, that kind of excitement as well brings you back to those Michael Phelps days. And I think, you know, that's, that's what everybody looks for inside the pools. Australia had their great dominant swimmers. And then on the American side as well, we had our straight dominant swimmers kind of show up. So that was great all around. And then, you know, athletics is getting underway. We have a lot of performers going out. They've gotten a couple silvers, things like that in the hundred meters and um, across a lot of events so far. I know we're still trying to go out there for gold. So I think that a lot more to come is with the athletics. Um, and another thing that I think, you know what, for all struggles, I think it's get provided some good entertainment is the U.S. national team for soccer, for football. Um, and so I think that its struggle, their, their struggles um, have kind of provided a little bit more entertainment for everyone, just kind of questioning what is actually going to happen. And of course, that game against Netherlands just was um, was great entertainment. There was four uh, four goals that kind of got, that got called back in the United States as well, a penalty save as well in terms from Netherlands. So it was end to end. And then it kind of, you know, goes out to a shootout as well with multiple saves. That's exactly what you want. So entertaining from them overall performance from the USA so far, I think has been great. Of course, maybe not as many goals as we want. A lot of, a lot of silver finishes, um, but overall, you know, hats off to all these uh, uh, athletes competing at this point in time. And, uh, and a lot more to come for the United States. Like I said, the athletics has just started. Um, and a lot more of their events as well underway. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on things. Absolutely. Again, I guess looking at um, other highlights, Jono, I thought the 100-meter final, the women's final, Jamaica just 
confirm their oh. dominance in this event, going one, two, and three. Elaine completely hurrah, winning the gold in Olympic record of ten sixty one. But they were just immense. They're just on a different level. The yeah. Jamaicans when it comes to the short uh, sprinting and the running in the athletics. What about the Italians, Jono? First they win Euros, then Mark, Marcel Jacobs comes from nowhere to win the 100-metre men's final at a time of 9.80. Yeah. What a time to be Italian. It was it was great. And also, the fact is that even for him to get to that finals, he broke the European records as well. So, you know, for them to even go then and then win that finals, he broke another record in that sense, set a personal best, everything. Nobody had him on their radar um, at all and then for him to be able to win it that's that's some of the beauty of the olympics is when you have those people just come out of nowhere um and perform at that level that was a great race to see um it was it was very very exciting for italy as well so i'm very happy about that also it came out after the race um when he was interviewed he said that uh his, his reconnection with his dad uh, yep. actually played a really important role in him psychologically getting ready for this event um he he talked to his psychologist and that was suggested to him so it was a really i guess beautiful touch in terms of uh, some of the hard work and, and i guess the work that these athletes need to do behind the scenes to be able to get themselves up not phys- only physically but also psychologically to win these pressure events so a great story there with marcel jacobs and if you thought it couldn't get any better for the italians then we had an epic high jump final men's final with gina marco temberi sharing the gold to qatar jumper mutez essa both jumped two meters thirty or thirty-seven. Back on the countback, though, they uh, had jumped and missed the same amount of jumps, um, and both men decided that they would share the gold rather than have a jump off. So a beautiful moment, Jono, and you saw the emotion, especially on the Italian. Um, he had overcome some severe injuries um, to even be there and to, to win a gold. Um, quite a moment. Yeah, I think as well. That was just a beautiful moment of them both coming together and saying yes, let's share this moment in history right now. Let's do this together. We both respect each other. We both know how good each other are. And we both deserve this right now for the performance that we've given. So for me, that was just great to see. Um, something that I didn't even know was possible in terms of that sport as well. Um, so it was, it was a great educational piece as well, I think, for, for many people. Um, and yeah, the sheer joy in that. And then even the celebrations between the two Italians as well after winning the two events there, just hugging and cheering for each other. So great, great night for Italy um, overall. Lot, uh, two gold medals that probably not, not, not many people expected. Let's just put it that way. So it was great to see. A great night on the track. Um, special mention to the Fiji Rugby Sevens team. Um, for winning the men's competition, defeating New Zealand 27 to 12. And they did, and they delivered a really heartfelt um, song afterwards um, to their people. While New Zealand won the women's sevens, defeating France 26 to 12. Fiji finished third in the women's competition. I mean, I have to say this, but Greece, mate, we won a gold <laughs> in the men's long jump. If you haven't watched that today, Militaz Tentogolu won with a jump of 8.41 metres after a countback. Um, his, uh, the counterparts or the favorites for the, for the event couldn't believe it from Cuba. Um, and I think Tonto Logu, um, surprised himself, but, uh, great scenes there, Jono, in the men's long jump, always delivering excitement. I find with the, uh, some of those field events. Yeah, it was was definitely an exciting event and it had everybody on the edge of the seat, not knowing what was going to happen there. Um, but yeah, just great for Greece as well to get that gold medal. Um, and yeah, the event itself was very, very exciting from start to finish, even in the qualifying and everything. It was, it's great to see into, it's incredible to actually think about how, how far they actually can jump and as well as a high, high jump, how high they can actually jump incredible ability from all these athletes. 
Also, a special shout-out to Philippine weightlifter Hidaline Diaz, who has become an absolute superstar in her country. She won the Philippines' first-ever gold medal in the women's 55-kilogram weightlifting category. Um, Jono, she's gone from uh, not many people knowing who she was to an absolute superstar back in the Philippines. And isn't it great to see um, countries breaking through for their first-ever medal, let alone a gold medal, and, and these individuals bringing such happiness uh, to their countries. Yeah, I think that this Olympics in particular, you're seeing a lot of these little breakthroughs as well that, you know, for the Philippines, this might be their first ever gold medal, but for other countries as well, it could be the first time they're even placing in a finals, let alone winning those events, which is great to see because it just gives a whole new hope in terms of athletics and the and, uh, different abilities as well for that country. And, you know, I think in the Philippines as well, you'll see you know, this might inspire a whole new generation to come of weightlifters. So Philippines might be a, a country to be looking out for in the future Olympics. So it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on, but congratulations for them for getting that gold medal. Absolutely. Yeah. You did mention a few first timers this year. Also the uh, women's hurdle, hundred meter hurdle winner from Puerto Rico was the first time they won a major medal um, at the Olympics level as well. So great to see. And I guess that's what the Olympics is about. Not only about those top superstars, but those countries and individuals that we haven't really heard of before the Olympics and all of a sudden they become household names overnight with their amazing achievements. You did touch on before, Jono, though, probably the major story of this Olympics besides COVID has been Simone Biles and obviously um, pulling out of the team and individual events. We're not sure if Simone Biles will uh, compete at all at Tokyo. She's uh, pulled out of more individual events um, during the week. Obviously it came out that she, the pressure had got to her and, as big a star as she is, obviously that pressure to win and, and sort of compete at such a high level and, and I guess how good she has been at previous Olympics, world champions uh, and world championships, etc. Um, got to Bile. She uh, made the decision to step away um, and obviously work on her mental health. Jono, what did you make of that initial decision when the news came out, came out about Simone Biles? Yeah, look, I mean, initially, I think just like everybody watching that um, team event, you know, we we're all in a bit of shock of what was a, what exactly was happening. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, something something like gymnastics, where you're doing these incredible flips, twists, everything like that, you know, these are high speed. You don't necessarily know exactly where you're landing each time. These are very dangerous activities as well. And when you're not fully mentally there, you could, you could have some life-threatening injuries that could occur. And, you know, even leading up in terms of the qualification, you know, she still got top scores and everything, but, you know, she was off a little bit here. She was stepping out on her floor exercises. She wasn't landing correctly in her vaults. Um, there was something always happening. And, and look, because she's so great, again, like we said, she, she got those top scores and everything. So you wouldn't necessarily think about it if you just look on paper, but if you actually watch, you could tell that something was, something was up. And, you know, what she decided to do was, I think, very honorable and very brave of her as well to take a step back during competition as well to recognize the fact that she's not all there. And yes, I was initially shocked, um, but definitely respect that decision. And I think that it was it was the right decision for her for her um, and it was the right decision for Team USA as well, because I think, you know, overall, as I said before, they still performed and to be able to for, perform as well when you're top uh, team member as well pulls out. I think that's that shows great, um, great mental ability for them as well than the mentality that they have. But um, yeah, I was definitely shocked to at, at first instance, but um, definitely respect her decision there. 
And obviously, it's disappointing not to see Simone Biles compete at this Olympics because she's such an amazing athlete and, and possibly will go down as, as if not the greatest gymnast, at least one of the greatest gymnasts we'll yep. ever see. Um, but I agree with you, John. I think she needs to be applauded for her decisions to mental health is, is bigger than the Olympics and her well-being is bigger than any competition she can compete in. I think the support that she received has been really positive to see other athletes um, as well as the general public really supporting Simone Biles' decision. Um, and it was something we touched on before the Olympics. We obviously saw Australian basketball star Liz Cambridge pull out for similar reasons in regards to her stating that her mental health was not where it needed to be to compete in the Olympics. Um, are you surprised that not more athletes have possibly pulled out due to not only the pressures of competing in the Olympics, but obviously the issues surrounding these, these very different Olympics that we're seeing? Yeah, it is. It is a very different Olympics. And even the preparation for the Olympics as well is very different. And I think, you know, as, as you said, um, in particular, Simone Biles could be Liz as well. It could even be, you know, even when we look outside of the Olympics, what Osaka did in terms of the other tennis tournaments as well. You know, I think that it's, it shows a lot of strength as well to encourage, to step up and, and to take a step back as well, because you know, that something is not um, correct mentally as well, you know, in, in your own mental thoughts. And, you know, for Simone, the the pressure going into this was immense. You know, she, she essentially in in terms of the United States, she was probably the face of the United States team that was all going um, to Tokyo, as well as for most cases, she was probably the big, one of the biggest stars of the Olympics. So immense pressure there. Um, But again, I think that it just shows it's a, it's a good thing that these issues are finally coming to light as well. And, you know, she knows that there could have been a lot of criticism for the decision that she made. She knows that she, she thought that through as well, but she had the bravery to step up and say, no, my own mental sake is, is worth more than, than what people are going to talk about. And, you know, to actually really applaud a lot of the reactions from people, because it's been the quite opposite of probably what she thought it was going to be and a lot of support um, there for her. And I think that in the years that we've just had, um, you know, with everything in relation to COVID mental health has big, been a big issue for the general population. And maybe this could be, and all these other athletes as well, it could be a big inspiration to those that are struggling um, in terms of their own individual mental health. So, yeah, you know what? I, I am kind of surprised that, you know, not, not um, more athletes might have been affected in these ways because, as I said, it's also the preparation. And look, a lot of athletes could have been affected just from that preparation. They might not even have been able to get a chance to go to Tokyo um, because of that. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different time. Um, and it has been a different time now for quite a while. And it does take some adjusting when, when you have certain routines or certain ways to go about things and that gets disrupted. So um, hats off for Simone for stepping up and having the courage to say something in my eyes. As you touched on, John, do you think this will create um, a shift in the way that athletes approach mental health and obviously having the braveness to step away from major competitions? You can't get much more major than Olympic Games if they're not feeling 100% mentally healthy, not just physically. Yeah, I mean, I hope that it gets it, it gets more normalized in that sense of that it's okay. Um, you know, I think that, you know, in the past, you know, you, you know, you have people saying that, you know, it looks weak, this, that, but you know what, at the end of the day, you need to look after yourself. And again, in the case of Simone balls as well, if you're out there on the gymnastics floor and you're doing these stunts and tricks and everything, and you're not mentally there ready, prepared to land what she is about to do. You know, she has stunts that, that 
that are named after because they're so complex because no one else has been able to do them. So think if she attempts that, that could, that could lead to, to serious injuries there. So we need to look at that in terms of, you know, it should be fine for these athletes. There should be no pressure for these athletes if they need to take a step back as well. They need to take a step back and regroup. And then you know what? That in turn is going to produce better performances down the road. Do you think that somebody struggling is going to keep producing at that high level? No, it's, it's not going to happen. Whereas if they're able to take that step back and really you know, reflect on themselves, then possibly we might be able to see longer careers. We might be able to see healthier careers. They might make better decisions throughout the careers. So in, in a sense, focusing on mental health could in, in increase the health of these athletes and also the longevity of these athletes as well. So I definitely hope that this does create a bit of a movement in terms of, you know, it's okay for these athletes to take that break, to take, to take a step back and really focus on themselves. That it's not something that they get harsh criticism for as soon as they make that decision. It should be able to make that decision with their own freedom of time and place as well. Yeah. I think what can't be forgotten is that these athletes are human beings as well. So they suffer um, frailties just like anyone else, even though they obviously perform at such a high level in their chosen sports. And, and obviously they can handle a deal of, or they can handle that pressure, but sometimes it can get a little bit too much and, and they need to step away. And in Simone Biles' case, I think she needs to be applauded um, for what she did, because it wouldn't have been an easy decision to step away from an Olympics where all. you're expected to be, as you said, probably the face of the Olympics, at least for the USA and and probably one of the faces of the Olympic Games um, nationally and nationwide. So um, congratulations, Simone Biles, for being brave enough to step away. And I think she's got nothing to prove to anyone. And we hope she uh, comes back stronger when she's feeling ready to uh, both physically and and mentally for her. So um yeah, hopefully we'll see Simone Biles in the near future. All right, five questions to end, Jono. I'm going to be asking you this week. We ready to go? Let's do it. Let's go. All right, number one, what has been your outstanding moment at the Olympics so far? We've obviously gone through some, but what has stood out as number one so far for you? You know, I'm going to kind of piggyback on our conversation about Simone Biles. I think Team USA for the gymnastics coming back after essentially seeing their captain, their person that they thought would lead them to gold, step away from the competition, them rallying together. Some of those some of those athletes not realizing that they were going to perform certain stunts. I think that was a great, great moment for them to kind of step together and still be able to get silver medal. Number two, will the USA defend their gold medal in the basketball? Talking about the men's, not the women's. The women's looking great. Will the men be able to defend their gold medal? Oh, look, I think if Kevin Durant puts on a performance that he did in the last game, I think they can. Um, but again, the competition's just getting better and better, so it's going to be hard. Um, they have uh, you know, a very tough competition coming up. I'm going to say yes, because the quality of players that they do have, they realistically should. Uh, but it's going to be a tough road. But I'm going to say yes, I think they will. Who will get through to the men's football final and who is winning? So we got Brazil, Spain, Japan, and Mexico still alive. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be as much as everybody's been putting up a good fight. In my mind, the favorite should essentially go through. I want to see that Brazil versus Spain final there. And to be fair, I think that's going to be pretty much a coin toss of who's going to win that game. But um yeah, I got to give it to Spain just because so many of those players as well played in the Euros and produced such a good uh, performance there. So I'll, I'll tip my hat to Spain for this one. I think that will be the bookies favorite. It'll be interesting to see um, who goes through those semifinals. Is Russell Westbrook the missing piece for the Lakers to have another title challenge? Obviously, this year ended in disappointment. 
the first round of the playoffs against Phoenix, and obviously they missed Anthony Davis. But adding Westbrook to that team to make the Lakers again um, a significant title challenge or challenger. No, I think that they are actually going to be worse with Russell Westbrook personally. I definitely think it could go either way, and I could be very, very wrong here. But I'm going to say that it's actually going to make them worse because I think that essentially they're just, they have too many now people who need the ball constantly. Um, so unless he just rebounds and gives the ball to LeBron and AD, I don't know how it's going to work. Um, and they just don't have the supporting cast now around them because they just gave up so much. So I'm going to say, hopefully for the, for the sake of my Phoenix Suns, it's made them worse. <laughs> it's certainly going to be very interesting to see how it all goes. All right, last one. Which would be a more significant signing for Manchester City, Jack Grealish or Harry Kane, and who do they need more if they can only get one? There's talk they'll get both if they can only get one. That's interesting because, like, yeah, they, they didn't even play with a striker last year pretty much. So do they really need Harry Kane? At the same time as well, I feel like they, they do have midfield talent as well. So they do, do they necessarily need Jack Grealish? I would say if you're talking about need, maybe they – need Harry Kane more because you want a striker. Now I think Jack Grealish could definitely be a bit of a, a bit of an edge for them. Um, him and him and De Bruyne kind of linking up together could be deadly. Uh, but I would say, you know, essentially, you know, at some point you probably do need an out out goal scorer. So I'll say Harry Kane is technically needed a little bit more, but it would be pretty exciting to see Jack Grealish there. It'll be interesting to see if they get one or if they end up getting both. We'll yeah, see definitely. what happens um, in the transfer window. Well, that brings to the end another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jana. As always, thank you for your support and good night. <laughs>